What is up, beautiful people? Episode 104 with the great Daniel Kihano. One of my favorite guests ever. One of the OG, OG guests ever to be on my podcast. Um, we were co-hosting it for a while. I feel like he deserves another one because he's one of my favorite people of all time. And yeah, and then this is just going to be fun. There's going to be some interesting things. I'm trying this on Instagram, but with the... Uh, with the um uh like through this new thing and then also daniel's connecting with his um with his account so this is gonna be crazy we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna have an insane amount of people on here because of that but kihana welcome dude can you do me a? are you able to add me on this on like your actual id let's see if i can i have no idea i mean i'm literally have like another Try to request to join and see what happens. Because I, I have it open on the computer, not on my, uh, ah. uh, not on my iPhone. Copy link share too. It's not letting me. And here's the thing: because I don't have an Instagram stream key, it's not okay. Instagram stream key. Do you think that people mind if I find my Instagram? Where did you find your Instagram stream key? Because that would be super. Wait crazy. a minute. Hold on. Let's see if I still have mine copied and pasted. So I just put it in the private chat. That's my Instagram stream key. So let's Where see if you when you go, it's just comes. Are you trying to do it on your phone? Or are you trying to do it on the computer? On the computer, it just if you so go, if I you just go, go live on the computer. Yeah, if you could go live on the computer, it'll show up. It'll give you like a stream key. So when I added, okay, go live. Da 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 da. Professional account. Keep the Instagram copy. Okay. If you don't see this, okay. Thank you guys for being so patient. I just want to be on Instagram like Jonah. So I'd be cool if we could get the same Instagram live going. That'd be crazy. That would be I don't crazy. know if it'll work. Okay. Right now I'm live on Instagram, but it's interesting. I'm like lagging on the Instagram side. On the Instagram side, I'm like a couple seconds behind compared to YouTube. Interesting. Okay, wait. I think I found it. Instagram.com and then live video. <laughs> yeah. Live video. Yeah, Thank you, great live video. Where do you do that on your desktop? Create live video. Let's go here. I think I got it. I think I got it. I think I got it. View archive. I gave you my Instagram stream, Carrie, just in case somehow you could connect to mine, but that might not work. That might just fuck it up. I'm not sure. And click create. Okay, where do you hit create? Oh, there we go. Create live video. Okay, go live by connecting. All My right. My thing had to go live first in uh in Streamyard, and then I could go live on, and then you could go live on Instagram. Okay, I think I got it. I think we're I think we're here, guys. I appreciate you guys being patient as we figure this out. Okay. Um, I don't think you're so. I guess we'll just do it at the same time, but not together. I don't think okay. it, I don't think I have the technology for that yet. Okay, I got this. So my channel, here we go. I got this. You should you have it? Instagram open in a different tab that like where you can see the same thing. Yeah, yeah. it's pulling up here. Um, view your channel. All right, here we go. Boom. Here we go. Here we go. Guys, don't leave. We're gonna get to the podcast in like five seconds. Where we, we actually are. Promise. 
and Promise then get set up to bed. Okay, here we go. Stream key. Copy. There we go. Instagram stream key. Save changes. I oh, think we're not doing a thing. Am I live? You're live on Instagram. It says you are. I like it. This is what I'm talking I about. Love it. So we got it's like 15 different channels we're broadcasting on right now. We're all which over is the place. We're all we're in we're in every single nation, every single every single time zone. Um, Kihano, my man, how you been, dude? Welcome back to Scorch the Fears. How how have you been missing it? Okay, hold on. What's happening now? Um, things have been really, really interesting, right? Uh, it's been so. When how long ago was it? We were officially like we did this podcast together. How long has it been? It's probably been like two years, maybe like a year and a half. Has it really been that long, man? It's crazy how time flies. We're on episode wow. 104, dude. I didn't stop. Like, it's been a lot of episodes. So, I mean, there's 52 weeks in a year. So I'm at yeah. a, um, I got year two, I guess. Really? Like, really? Yeah. That's super interesting. Now, uh, yeah. it's been an interesting ride, right? Like, we've, uh, you know, watching what you've been able to do over the last couple of years, um, just kind of seeing what my journey's been like. It's been really fun just to see not only how we've evolved, just the people in our circle have evolved, um, how the industry has evolved. I think all of it's yeah. been just kind of a super interesting ride. And here's what's crazy. I think that people thought that COVID or what happened after COVID and the change of the market was the biggest shift in things. I personally believe that what's coming next, I think next year, is going to be the most interesting year that we've seen in a while. That's my personal okay. opinion. I, I'm going to ask you about that in five seconds, but I realized just in case there's some of my audience who doesn't know who you are, which I highly okay. doubt, but just in case, okay. real quick, just introduce yourself, say what you are, say what you're known for, say what you're doing, just real quick, give like a little bio on yourself. Okay, uh, Daniel Quijano, um, met Jonah in Sub2 a couple years ago, been in that community for about three years, been in real estate for a little bit longer than that. Before I was in real estate, I was a business consultant, did a lot of government contracts, kind of serial entrepreneur, had my ups, had my downs. Um, for the last couple of years, I think what I've really, really been known for in the real estate community is sales and communication training. That's kind of been my thing. I started um, doing training in Sub2 a couple of years ago, uh, doing different competitions that we did in the sub two community. After that, I was in the closers Olympics, continued doing that, started doing a call that became really, really popular in sub two and throughout really a lot of people in the industry called the nightly dial. And for the last two years, um, we have probably made thousands of live seller calls. I've coached thousands of new real estate investors um, on how to have better conversations with sellers and get better at what we do in real estate. Um, and that's kind of led through a lot of different things, a lot of traveling, a lot of meeting with a lot of great people. Um, and that kind of culminated in me within the last couple of weeks, launching my own coaching program called the Closers Collective, where we focus on those exact topics. I love it. I love it so much. So real quick, tell me, what were you talking about? Why do you think this year is going to be more interesting than any other year? Like, you know, what, what's going on in this year that you're so excited about? Let me let me preface by saying, first and foremost, it's really just a feeling, right? Like, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think that beyond the feeling, when you look at the factors that are surrounding us, a lot of people thought the market was going to go crazy in a negative side when COVID happened, but then it went crazy in the positive direction. And then there was this big debate on whether or not we were going to have a big pullback. And it was 
weird, right? The, the change in the market, there was a pullback, especially on the wholesale side, right? If you were wholesaling, it got tough. It got really tough in rural markets. I was doing a lot of rural stuff and that dried up fast, but it was just not, it was, it was just, it was anticlimactic as compared to what it could have been. But next year is going to be different. I think we're coming out of all of that. We're going into an election year. I think the election year in and of itself is going to be super weird. Um, cyclically, I think we're timed for a lot of different things. Um, and then there's just weird stuff. So there's this weird theory that goes out there about um, 80 year cycles. And I don't know exactly what it is, but every 80 years for going back, there has been something significant that had happened. So like Revolutionary War, World War One, Civil War, like go back 80 years, something drastically significant has happened in this country. Uh -huh. And the next 80 year cycle is 2024. Now, whether or not that's relevant, I have no idea. Right. But it's interesting. It's information. And so I don't know. I just you combine all those things. Years cycle, like what? Like we were in World War II 80 years ago. I just did the math on that. So obviously okay. that was pretty freaking significant. Yeah. But like how how often is it 80 years? Because I could that like like when does the 80 years start? Because I can the technically beginning of this country. From 1776. Correct. Every 80 years. So there's another 80-year yeah. cycle coming right now. According to the story that I saw on the topic. And again, like you see this stuff, and you really got to take it with a grain of salt. For me, I just think it's interesting. But even if you remove that, which I would probably remove that from any like factual decision making. Right. I just that get the fun. feeling. Stuff, but I like it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's just funny. Like, it's a cool thing you send to your friends like, oh, what, what if, right? But yeah. we're going into a crazy election year. Anybody who has been alive in the United States in the last eight years knows that next year is going to be weird, right? It's yeah. just going to be, I don't know what we can expect. But when you combine all of these factors, I just think we're, we're in for an interesting ride. I think next year is going to be going to be going to be one for the real books. quick for people who I don't I think you were in real estate in the last election, right? Were you like, I don't know if you were or not. But like, what? I joined right at the beginning of COVID, right around when COVID started. So there was an election year that you were still in business. I don't know if you remember, if you have any opinions, like how does real estate change during an election year? Is anything changed? Is there anything you specifically noticed in, I guess it was the end of 2020 that might've started changing or, or anything that you noticed with real estate? No, I don't know that I'm qualified to speak on that, right? Because I was still fairly new to the business. I was in a partnership that ended up going a different direction. I had just joined the sub two community and was really trying to get my legs under me. I also think that the fact that COVID was taking place may have almost usurped the election year aspect of it. So I don't know that that's that's the the fair the fair gauge. In the only my thing I remember because I I do remember that uh, like the only thing that I remember really was that some people would tell me that they're gonna like wait and see about selling until the election happened because they were like, okay, if Joe Biden gets elected, I'm going to sell because then the taxes are going up but, or like, I'm not going to sell because if Trump gets elected, then my taxes are staying low and I'm keeping this house forever, which yeah. seemed like to me kind of stupid when you're in pre foreclosure, what's going to happen with taxes, you yeah. know? <laughs> but like, but nonetheless, that's what I remember. Um, that's the only thing I remember is some people were hesitant. They wanted to see, and then they make the decision they were going to make anyways. But they wait a little bit when you're really close to the election. Like if you're within a month, it's kind of like how when people are kind of waiting during the holidays, right? 
Um, they just want to, a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm going to wait till after the holidays just because I don't want to worry about it right now. Right. It's the same thing with the election. That's what I remember from it. Everyone has other things too, that they say like real estate, like pauses, real estate, um, generally interest rates go down during an election year, which it's kind of funny. That's what they, it happened to line up. Like, I didn't think it was going to happen. I was like, come on, Jamil. I think you're, because Jamil was saying, like, they're going to make it go down. Trust me. I, I, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but they always do it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, Jamil. I feel like we have inflation we're dealing with. And we're still dealing with inflation somewhat. I think it's like 3 or 4%. But I think that's good enough numbers where the Fed's like, all right, we'll help out uh, the current president and lower interest rates, um, which is interesting. Right. Yeah. Because it seems like there are going to be a lower interest rates, which I just think means this year is going to be just a really good year. I don't think it'll be as crazy as COVID, but I don't think it'll be um, as um, tumultuous as 2023 was and the end of 2022. The beginning of 2023 and the end of 2022 was a little bit crazy in the sense it was going down. Yeah. But I feel like we're starting to flip the script. I think people are going to start going more into a regular market or start treating it like a regular market. Um, that's my opinions on this year. I think it's just going to be a regular year. I don't think anything crazy is going to happen. Um, or it just doesn't seem like it to me, which I have mixed feelings about because I kind of wanted a recession for a couple different reasons personally, but it helps my, it always helps my wholesaling, my cash business, but it's going to make it a little bit harder to find sub twos because people are going to have more equity, which is a good thing. But I don't know. That's how I feel about this upcoming year. I think it's gonna be a good year for cash deals again. Um, I think it might be a little bit harder to find the sub two deals and all that stuff. Um, rental rates will be lower. Anthony, how does it benefit us? It depends on who you are or what you're doing in this economy. 100%. So everybody should switch their strategies or pivot somewhat depending on what's happening in the market, right? Like for me, I was doing way more sub two deals the past couple of months because there's been way more no equity situations um, than I had ever done during COVID because COVID everybody had equity. So it was really hard to find like a straight sub two scenario. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, I still always wholesale during during any time. It's just how you wholesale differs a little bit. When it was lower, I just had to get things cheaper. Right. So how it benefit it benefits us when the economy is doing well because everybody's doing well. And two, it makes it where, um, you know, we're able to do bigger cash deals generally. Right. Um how so yeah like i mean did you did you change any of your strategies when the market shifted initially at the end in the middle of 2022 yeah we had to so we did a lot of rural stuff um and we would do a lot of dispo um for people like in the community and we got really good at doing rural deals um we had a decent buyers list and it was something that we were really comfortable with and because our model for the longest time was primarily JV, it made, made it really easy for us to work deals like that because of the fact that we could take a deal from anywhere. You got people, you got students new in the industry, you got students new in sub two. They're working in a small town in Texas because that's where they're from. Smaller towns are easy to close deals. And so they're having an easier time having those conversations and we're able to move them. Now we're maybe not, we're make, we're maybe not making as much maybe money. Maybe it's a $10,000 deal, um, but that immediately switched. And I remember I told this story, my goal at that time for our business was I wanted us to be at 20 deals a week. That's what I wanted us to be at. And we had literally the week it shifted. And I know I've heard different stories of this. Uh, for us, 
I know the I remember the week it shifted because we had just gotten all of our properties under contract. We had 20 properties under contract. We had a small portfolio included in that. Um, and I was like, we did it. Like the everything's mapped out. We're on the path. We're 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 killing it. We sold none of those deals, had to go and renegotiate <laughs> all of them. And then I think maybe we closed. I don't know, maybe a handful at best of them. Um, I don't even remember, but I know that we just like, and the worst part is they were all fantastic deals until they weren't. And so that right. was what was tough for us. And it's really up to this point, you and I talked about this recently, it's really made me question JV and really kind of want to get away from that altogether just because it's so difficult to control the lead flow when you're doing it like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's talk a little bit about it real quick. I just want to talk in that moment, right? Because just listening to that sounds stressful. I noticed somebody who's not hasn't even done a deal yet, which is a couple people listening in, being like, oh my God, 20 deals. And then we have to cancel a lot of them. And maybe we closed, I don't know, five out of 20 because the market shifted. How did you handle that? How do you keep your cool when chaos is happening around you? I think this is a really good and interesting thing for entrepreneurs to talk about more is how do you keep your cool when everything is going crazy around you, the market shifting, you all of a sudden have to change your entire business model. You might not even be doing JV anymore. Like, how do you how do you keep your cool, and how do you how do you adjust depending on what's happening around you? I think it's a farther back question, right? I think a lot of people we talk about this a lot in in the calls that I host. Um, most people live their lives reactively. And what do I mean? Well, let's say we have a goal of whether or not we're going to work out. Well. How many of us on here, if you're watching this podcast, at whatever point you're watching this, have made a decision you wanted to work out or and get in better shape? Okay, great. How many of you are actually doing that? And then the next question is, why? And most of the reasons why is because of, now here's the list, all the things that life threw in our way to cause us to not be able to do that. Well, put that into literally any other category. So what does that mean? Well, what that shows us is that as a general rule, most human beings live their lives reactively. We have goals and ideas of what we'd like to do, but those things are subjective and go secondary to what life allows us to do. And so we let all of these things get in the way of us accomplishing what it is that we set out to accomplish. As a result, we live reactively. We have goals to live intentionally, but in reality, we live reactively. And I think the first step to being able to manage situations like what we're talking about is to stop living reactively. Start by being intentional in everything that you do. Um, and because when you do that, when things happen, they don't have as big of an impact on your day-to-day -day life or on the things that you do. So for example, when we're talking about these situations, if I was a reactive person in, in, in certain areas, it would be very, very easy for me to say, well, crap, this, this happened. What am I going to do? Now I'm reacting. Most of my reactions in a situation like that are going to be emotional because it is a stressful situation and it's easy to get emotional regarding that. And then you start freaking out and you start second guessing and you start this down, you know, downhill spiral. Um, and it's really easy to get lost in that. And I think that's why so many entrepreneurs struggle and fail. But I just don't look at it like that. I walk into this fully expecting to get punched in the face. Right. I fully expect to get punched in the punch in the face. And so when I do get punched in the face, I'm not surprised by this. I'm prepared for it. Now, how prepared can you be when you don't know where you're getting punched from? And that's the other factor. But when I when that happened to me, I really just looked at it as, OK, well, I can eat. I got I got one of a couple options. One, I can complain and do nothing Two, I can quit 
or three, I can course correct. And that's what we did. So with those deals, we went back, we renegotiated a lot. Um, the ones that we weren't able to negotiate, we had to cancel the contracts on. The ones that we were able to renegotiate, we were able to renegotiate. And I think those would be on the list of the ones that we actually closed out of that situation. And then from there going forward for the next couple months, I would say our go-to strategy for every deal was an option contract because that was the only, like, I, and I, I'm real big on transparency. I teach it in my coaching course. It's something that I'm huge on. I don't like lying. I don't think you should have to lie to close a deal. And I think honesty is usually the strongest closing tactic when you're dealing with tough situations. And so I would lead with in a conversation with somebody when we got to the numbers. And I would say, look, I get what you're, where you're at. And to be honest with you, two months ago, I might have given you that number. But right now, we're in a situation where I don't know what's going to happen. So I got a couple options here. One, I can tell you something I think is going to happen. We get both of our hopes up and then I end up having to change my mind or I can just be honest with you. Which would you prefer? And everybody's going to say, be honest with me. And so then I tell them, look, I don't really know what's going to happen. Here's where I think I break down the numbers of what I think is going to happen. And then we would present an option contract and option contracts were probably 80 percent of the things that we would lock up in that period. Um, and the customers appreciated it, the sellers that we were dealing Real with. Quick, what is for everyone who's listening? What is an option contract? What's the difference between an option contract and just like a purchase contract? So a purchase contract says, I'm going to buy your property for this amount. Uh, an option contract says, okay, well, here's the number that you want. I don't know that I can get that number. So I can't purchase the, con the pr property from you at that number. However, I may have somebody in my network that will purchase it for that number. So I'm agreeing to have the option to purchase this from you. We're going to write it for the number that you want. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this to my network and I'm going to ask anybody if they're interested. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back to you with the feedback that they give me as I get responses from them. And that's how we'll work this deal. Um, I'm super transparent with them when I do that, because the one of the big benefits of an option contract is I don't have to negotiate with them. The market does the negotiating for me. And so Every single time somebody comes back with a number, I'm coming back and I'm saying, hey, here's, uh, you know, here's here's the offer that I got. You know, you wanted 100,000. I got an offer for 50,000. I know that's not what you want, but I'm just keeping you updated. I got another one for 55. I got I'm letting them know every single offer because after the fifth or the sixth or the seventh time that they're hearing the same number and that number's not coming from me, then the reality starts to set in and they start making real decisions. Right. Totally makes sense. So. I'll give a quick breakdown just of myself of why you might want to do different strategies, right? Because people get confused. Literally, Anthony in there said, what are the options? I think he didn't understand exactly what you, I think that might have been before you explained it, but I wanted to yeah. make sure that people understood exactly why you would do different ones. So a purchase contract, and tell me if you disagree at any point, Keanu, purchase contract is really good if you're wholesaling, if you just want that contract and you're pretty sure this is a good number anyways. And so you're just going to sell it and like i'm very confident in it so that i'm going to get it because it's a more powerful contract i can like record a memorandum with it i can i really have a contract an option contract is really good when you're not sure if you're going to be able to sell it but you still want what's called equitable interest or the ability to sell the deal without being a real estate agent that's what an option contract gives you but you're also selling saying to the seller hey I'm not so sure about this one. This could be good or bad, right? Um, and basically what Keanu is telling us all is that because of how the market was, he needed to do option contracts because he just didn't know whether what he was going to sell things at. He was less confident in his numbers because the market just switched and he needed feedback from his buyers. 
which I think is a great way to do it if you don't know what your buyers are going to come back at, right? Um, so those are like the two differences between them and why you might want to do one versus the other. Um, Keanu, do you agree? That's like basically the good summary of why you would do those two. Yeah, a hundred percent. And to your, to your question, Anthony, no, I wouldn't start with the purchase contract necessarily and then go back to an option contract. I would tell them rather than doing a purchase contract, because I don't want to promise to give you a price that I can't deliver on. I'd rather do an option contract and be upfront with the fact that I don't know that this is the right number. I would some now let's be clear there's going to be some wholesalers Jonah you know as well as I do that are going to just say yeah, yeah yeah we'll do it for this price and this is a strategy for them. They lock them up at the wrong price so that they can have them under contract so they can renegotiate. I have no intention of doing that. That's just not how I want to do business. And so I yeah. I would rather leave with integrity and tell them up front I don't know that this is going to work. And so they would and know in advance. And he, he probably, Keanu, will eventually or has already started switching back to purchase contracts as he starts talking to his yeah. buyers more, understanding what's changed. Um, because just initially when that was switch was happening, you're just much more unsure. So I think it's a great thing to do. I think it's really smart. Um, I think it was a really smart idea in general for him to do that. Um, and Anthony, technically, you, yes, it is another contract, but it's not like that hard to get. You can look up option to purchase contracts. They're really simple. Chat GPT will give you one. Um, they're really not complicated contracts at all. But okay, so that switch happens, right? You keep your cool because you proactively deal with the world. You're like, I'm not going to react to this. I'm just going to take it as it is. And then I'm going to come up with a plan and change it. And that's how you did it where you were like, okay, we can do this now. Um, when you were doing that, uh, what like what happened as in like were people okay with it were because a lot of people might be on here being like okay just like nah i just don't care and then sell it to somebody else right because a lot of because technically you can do that with an option well i think this this actually this is probably the best question here in my opinion um and i'll tell you why literally this afternoon um i just got off the phone we're submitting over a purchase contract for a business that we're looking to buy myself and a partner um, and it's funny because we're working with a broker on this business and the broker called me earlier today. I had not spoken with this broker before. Um, the person that I'm going to be uh, purchasing the business with had had all of the conversations. And when the person called me, the broker called me and he left this kind of rude message because he sent me over the purchase contract yesterday. Um, there were some things I wasn't a fan of. I was busy, didn't get a chance to get back to it yesterday. And so he left me a little bit of a uh rushed message today so i called him up and his attitude was just off and he was saying some things in the in, in our conversation that i just wasn't a fan of um and so in that conversation i met him with the energy that he was bringing to me right um and so when i met him with that the conversation was super uncomfortable and it was super awkward we got off the phone last night we're doing this big competition we'll talk about this um but we were doing some role plays and one of the ladies that's been in this competition asked me to because i said i wanted to do a role play because i haven't you know i haven't really been participating too much because i'm judging and so she said do you want can i be your seller do you mind if i'm your seller because i want to throw you something that's a little bit more difficult that i'm getting a lot of and so it was also this similar type of seller like a red seller like a just an aggressive kind of just a rude seeming personality and i acted i i met that same energy just like i did on this real call today and it was funny because last night she saw how that worked today 
I meet this guy with this energy who had weird energy towards me. We got off the call. I call my partner, call my bookkeeper, and we're talking. And I'm like, here's the things I didn't like. I think he lied about this. I think he lied about that. And they're like, well, what makes you think that? And I said, well, it's because of the way he phrased his questions, the way he responded when I asked him to clarify, because I'm paying attention to what he's saying, I'm th these things are standing out. So he said he had three offers. I think he's lying about that. I think he only has two. We're now a little bit unsure about what we're going to do. We're waiting. This guy calls me back an hour later. Starts off the conversation by saying, right now, again, I have a conversation with this guy. My first conversation with him, he's rude. It's a bad attitude. I match his energy. I call him out on saying something that seemed not to add up. He calls me back. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, I want to correct something that I said earlier. And he corrects the thing that I said I caught him in a lie about, right? Um, now, maybe it wasn't a lie. Maybe it was just he misspoke. Maybe it was a misunderstanding. But it was something that didn't fit right. And as a result of his own volition, because I matched the energy, he changed his attitude towards the situation. What's my point? When you learn how to be effective in the way you communicate things, the reactions you get from the people that you're communicating with drastically change. So to the question that you're asking, Jonah, when you're asking me, well, I'm talking to these people and I have to go back and I renegotiate these offers, are a lot of them saying, well, I'm going to go somewhere else. I think the answer to that depends on the person that's delivering the news. And I can, I'm saying this with complete confidence because we've done this. I've listened and coached to thousands, thousands of calls in real estate. If you approach the conversation in the wrong way, the chances of you getting somebody who's going to turn down your offer and say, you know what, I'm not interested anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else and, and just shopping you around drastically increase. But when you communicate it effectively, you would be surprised at the things you can make people comfortable with being okay with. And I think that includes renegotiating a deal. And so to, to, to summarize all of that, there were some people who were just not okay with the offer. But I would imagine that those people were not okay with the offer because they didn't have an option to be okay with that offer. But I would say that our team, myself, more than others probably saved deals that other people would have lost because I was able to effectively communicate why we needed to make this change more so than other people would have. So that's a long-winded so answer, but I think now, it's an important one. Let's talk about energy real quick. What does it mean to match someone's energy? Like, let's we can take that scenario with buying the business with the broker if you want to. I know exactly what you're talking about. I want the audience to know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And maybe yeah. we need to do our own role play for to show it. But I want you to talk about like, what do you mean by matching someone's energy? Like if someone's cursing you out, you curse them back out. Like, what does that mean? Like, in what way does, do you match their energy? What does that mean? How does that show itself? You can either use a business example, that business broker example, or if you think there's a better example. But like, I want to, I, I think people want to know what that actually means. No, just to be clear, I have like, this is a, this is a big question. This is going to be a lot to break down in a short period of time. I'll do my best to summarize. So one of the things I plan on doing is break is creating some new personality profiles. Cause there's a lot of different versions of personality profiles out there. I think it gets a little bit confusing, but at the end of the day, there are different personality types that are out there. We've all met them. And it's simply put, when you talk to somebody, you're like, Oh, I vibe with that person. Or I don't really vibe with that person. What does that usually mean? That means that there's something about that person's personality their upbringing or the way they communicate that either fits or doesn't fit your personality type and the way you communicate. doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person, just means that they're maybe not a great fit. Well, we encounter these people when we're having conversations with sellers or with business owners or in any business that we're in. And most of us just go through life 
having conversations, hoping that the stuff we say lands. Um, that's one of the big reasons that I, while I appreciate sales scripts and sales processes, and I think they have their place, I recognize that those will never always work because at the end of the day, if you're not capable of being conscientious of the type of person you're speaking with, the things that you say will fall flat if you're saying it to the wrong person. So I'll give you a simple example. If I am on the phone and I'm talking to a seller who sounds super young, he's kind of a business person. He answers the phone and he says, yo, what's up, fam? Well, then if I say fam in the conversation, then he's going to relate to a word like that because that's language or terminology that he's familiar with. I'm matching this person's way of communicating. If I'm talking to an elderly woman who's 85 years old, who's from the South, and I say something like that, it's going to fall completely flat. What's the difference? It's not what you say, and it's not just how you say it, but it's also who you're saying it to. And being aware and intentional about knowing who you're speaking with should, if you want to be as good as possible at this business, it should change how you communicate. So when I'm dealing with a person that, for in this example, the simplest one that people know about is like the colors. Like red personality type is what we know as like an A-type personality. They're very direct. They're very curt. They're very to the point. They're just very short. They don't want any of the chit-chat, right? You ask an A-type red personality how their day is going, they're going to say, why are you asking me that? Get to the point. What do you want, right? However, if you call that elderly lady from the South who's more talkative or what people would say is a yellow personality type, that person's going to get offended if you don't ask how their day is going. And they're going to want to talk to you about their doctor's appointment and all of those things. And if you guys have been on seller calls, you have had both of these conversations. And I guarantee you, if you've made enough seller calls, you have had the person who's super talkative and over talks. And you know that 80 plus percent of the time, those people tell you about their medical issues. It's just the way it is, right? This is So the, the, the trick is knowing how to recognize who that person is at the onset of the conversation. And you can tell usually within five to 10 seconds and then tailoring your approach to match that person. So that way the message you're delivering is delivered one in the most efficient fashion and two in a fashion they're best equipped to receive because I would hate to salute, to waste a good message on the wrong person. And so that's why you just, it just makes sense to know who you're talking to before you start talking. I like it. It totally makes sense. And what you're talking about a lot is mirroring too, right? You're talking about mirroring, you need to know who the person you're talking to so then you can then mirror who they are, right? Like if it's a sweet old grandma, you talk with a little bit of a Southern twang, like a little bit, right? Like not over the top, right? But like yeah. I will sound more Southern talking to a Southern person than I do when I'm talking to somebody from California. Or I will sound a little bit more harsh if I'm talking to someone who sounds more harsh. What you're yep. doing is you're reflecting back whatever the other person is giving to you, but you're not necessarily doing it in a rude way or like a mocking way. You're doing it in a way to almost flatter them, right? So I'm just reaffirming what you're already saying, but I wanted people to understand too, like exactly what you're doing and why you need to know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> um, so I love it. Like I just, I think that was like a really good call, like conversation for the people real quick. Um, so for you, I'm curious just what, how much would be interesting. Anyway, so for you, um, it's, since we last talked, I don't know if you had the nightly dial. Like, I think it's literally been that long. I think you had like just gone the nightly dial. Um, I want you to just quickly talk about like 
how that's changed your journey. I don't want to talk about like what it is and how it helps other people necessarily. I want to see like how that changed your journey in the sense of doing something so huge for sub two guys, for the people who aren't in sub two, be basically every single day goes in, has people do real calls um, and teaches them how to close deals. Right. And he does this for like four hours every single day. Right. Um, so I just want to know, like doing something, doing that type of active service, how has that changed you? How has that changed your business? Because that's like huge. So I kind of want to get into that real quick. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because to your point, especially the first year, it was four hours a day, five days a week, and then plus planning meetings in the back. So it was 25 hours a week was dedicated to a Zoom that I was doing for free for, you know, the sub two community. Um, you know, I didn't work for sub two. This was something that I decided to do because I have a skill set, something that I'm experienced in that I see a lot of people struggle in. Why would I not add that value? Um, and it was something that I really, really have always loved doing and seeing the feedback. Now, obviously, I have not done this alone. There's been a lot of great leaders who have assisted me and been a part of this journey with me. Um, but it's interesting because it's very time consuming. So that that is an aspect, right? It does take a lot of your time and it does impact your life in that way uh, and your business in that way. But it also opened up some really crazy doors. Obviously, I was able to develop a little bit more of a relationship with Pace. Um, and throughout this journey, the one question that kept coming up is, dude, why don't you have a course? Why don't you have a course? Why don't you teach this? Why don't you have a, a coaching product? And it's funny because in a previous life, I was around a lot of coaches and a lot of people in that world, and it just was never me. And so every time somebody would ask me that question, my response would be, nah, I'm good. That's not my thing. Not interested. Not what I want to do. Um, and it was funny. I've told this story a number of times. Um, Pace had told me a bunch of times, dude, you need a course. What are you doing? And then one day we're sitting in one of the, the sub two family zooms and Pace is sitting there talking and he decides to share his calendar for the coming months. And so I, I pull it up for whatever reason on my phone and I'm like looking at it and I see um, sales boot camp. And it was like in like no, October or November. And so I screenshotted it and I texted him and I was like, dude, what is this? He's like, that's for you, dummy. Dude scheduled, like Pace scheduled a boot camp for me to teach without telling me. And then we did it in his living room. So it was crazy. Like the first one, we had almost 100 people sign up. We weren't able to accept all of the people that wanted to come. It was in his living room. You've been to Pace's house. And it was like, dude, it was tight. Like it was sardines in a can. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot of people. It was a really, really fun time. Um, we did another one a couple months later. We cut it down so it was more space, a little bit more intimate. Um, and it was really, it was, uh, it was really just an amazing experience. So I, I would say one of the biggest things that's come from this, Jonah, if I'm being transparent, is it changed my limited belief and my paradigm in regard to coaching, and it really opened me up to the idea of taking coaching very, very seriously. And if I'm being completely transparent that commitment that I was doing with honestly, and I mean this sincerely, I didn't expect anything in return. But that two years of dedicating all of this time has turned into me launching something that I believe will be a significant part of my life and my purpose going forward. Uh, so let me get too far ahead real quick, because you're going okay. down the story. But I want to I want to I want to okay. get to what was holding you back from coaching? Why? What did you think about coaching? What were your beliefs about coaching? Was there fear there? Was there some sort of fear? What was holding you back from being a coach? Um, 
that you found out through the nightly doubt was stupid? Like, what was it that was holding you back first off? So the fear came later, uh, and we can talk about that. But I don't think that it was a fear. I think it was just that there's this connotation with coaching and sleaziness, right? Like gurus. And I knew a lot of people in that world. And it's just like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, I don't want to be the guy who's just perceived as that. For me, I have no problem providing this value for free. I had no problem doing that. Um, but what you realize is I think the same realization that Pace came to and that Brent and other people had told him when he was doing something similar. And one of those things is that, one, people don't take something seriously until there's a price tag associated with it. It's just a fact. Sure. It, it, it just is the way it is. And it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it just is what it is, right? And there's just a reality to that that you can't really, you can't really shake. People value something when more when it comes with the cost. Um, and another thing that would happen is I would remember, and I can't remember how many times this happened, but I, would, I can't, like, so many times I'm in the nightly dial and I'm given, like, full, thorough, detailed breakdowns of here's what you did, here's what you could have done, here's all of the reasons why I'm breaking it down. I think I'm, like, going to church. Like, I'm going in on this breakdown. And then the people are like, oh, like, dude, where's your course? You need to teach this stuff. And in my head, I'm like, but I just did. <laughs> like, what, like, what do you right. mean? I just, I just taught it. Like, what else? What are you missing? And what I realized is that my brain processes information like that, but most people's brains don't. So they need something that they can take, digest, and then come back to, and then come back again, and then cross-reference. And they need to be able to have it in one place that they can locate. And random zooms that they can may or may not be able to go and look at the replay, and they have to find that within a four-hour time frame. That's not a great um way for people to be able to digest and consume knowledge consistently it is a fantastic way to get training at the moment um but I, that's i think those are among the things that and all of the different people um i'll, I'll say this final point um and this kind of leads towards the fear side of the back end i have somebody who's actually on my team now he came to my last boot camp i'm gonna say this because it's i think it's super important um his his name is matt super super great guy and he came to the boot camp this last time. And when you come to my boot camps, it's not what you're thinking. Like, I'm not teaching you scripts. It, it's, it's, not what, it's not what you expect. I don't think there's a boot camp. Uh, both boot camps I've had, people cried during the boot camp. Just to give you guys a little bit of context of where we go. Because I want to talk about real stuff. I want to talk about why you're not doing the right things. And not just the three lines you need to say. Because those lines yeah, won't Daniel get you. Daniel loves being a bully. That's why. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I, of, yeah. I just make fun of people's... people's uh, clothing um but it was just it's just such a really a, a great experience in my opinion right and so um we're, we're sitting there and then at the end of this situation um this guy stands up in the bat hadn't said anything the whole entire time and he stands up extremely nervously like he's having a hard time getting the words out and he's kind of stuttering a little bit and he's sheepishly kind of saying he's like i just i'm standing up because i uh I want to say something. He's like, I don't have anything to say. He's like, but everything that I've experienced here today has told me that I need to change how I'm living and I need to start opening up more. And I know if I don't stand up and say something right now, I may never do it. And so this is me pushing myself outside of my comfort zone to do the thing I don't want to do. Uh, and that's it. Like, that's all he said. And you could tell he was like tearing up and he was he was nervous. Later on that day starts going going live. His name's Matt. He does a lot of underwriting uh, in the in the sub two community. Um, if you guys need underwriting help, he he helps a lot of people. 
Um, he since then started YouTube. He does underwriting. He goes live. He did his first live on Instagram that day. Um, and it's funny, you fast forward. So for me, that for me is why I do this. Fast forward a couple of, of maybe like a year or so when I'm, I'm, I was second guessing on whether or not I wanted to release the course. And I remember Matt looks at me and he says, and I was in the meeting and I was talking to everybody, just being real with him with a couple of the people on my team. And I was like, here's my concerns. Here's the thing. And he was like, and again, emotional again. He's like, dude, if you don't do this, you will be creating the biggest disservice to people that you could ever create because people need what you have to say. It's changed my life. I know it's changed other people's lives and you're doing a disservice to people if you let your concerns or your fears stop you from doing something that you're supposed to be doing. Um, and dude, that hit me. I, like, I just like, because it's one thing when you think that in your head, it's, hold on. Had to yell at the Yorkies. It's another thing when someone who is speaking from the heart, and if you know Matt, you know this guy, just, he's just, he's one of the kindest humans on the planet and he doesn't say things just to say it. Um, and so when you hear somebody say something like that, it really just kind of slaps you in the face and makes you realize, dude, it's not all about you. Right. And if you want, you can't say you want it to be bigger than you and then let you be the reason why you don't do it. 100%, man. I mean, I, I have a very similar story with Pace where that basically inspired all of this stuff. I mean, it was at the mastermind you and me did like two years ago where it was just like, if you could teach someone how to make $10,000 every single month and you don't release content on it, you're, 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 you're hurting them actively right and when you start thinking this way whether it's social media whether it's starting a course whether it's coaching whatever it is you are doing that disservice because inaction is action right mm -hmm. it is a type of action where if you don't take an action at all then you are doing something whether it's good or bad certain things you shouldn't do but when it comes to something like this you're being selfish like Anthony's saying, don't be selfish when you're you're being selfish by um, not putting out content, by not doing a course, by not doing the coaching, right? So I just am emphasizing that over again. So Keanu, um, so that was a boot camp, and then after that, what did you decide to do? You're like, okay, now I have to do X. What's the the coaching you're doing? Yeah, so there was a lot of different iterations, a lot of conversations about partnering with different groups and different people. Ended up just kind of going my own road with it. Um, got into some indecision, got into some, I guess, for lack of a better word, fear. Um, because I never want to have somebody feel like I let them down. And it's one thing when I'm doing it for free. You like it, you don't like it. I don't care. I'm doing this for free, right? Like I would hope you like it and I would like that you like it. I want this to add value, but I can't please everybody, right? I, I, not everybody's going to, going to like Daniel. Some people are going to think I have a stupid face and it is what it is. I can't help that. Um, but when they're paying me for it, it's a whole different level of responsibility that I take very, very seriously. I don't ever want anyone to feel like I did not provide value to them um, or that they were slighted or anything like that. So that helped me back. Um, but then yeah, push forward and it's a full coaching product. And it's crazy because I was really on the fence with how I wanted to do this because you don't join a community like sub two and surround yourself with people like Jamil and pace, uh, and Brent and, and, and guys of this caliber, and then go release six videos and say, best of luck. 
And so I never wanted to do that. Plus, I know you're never going to learn sales that way. And so the question was for me, how do I take what I know in my head needs to be understood in order to be successful at this? Because, guys, I've been doing this for a very long time. I've been doing this my whole life. Right. The things that I teach, I've known and understood my whole life about understanding people. I started my first sales job when I was 16 years old. My first time I coached a person in a sales conversation was in 2004. And I've sold pretty much everything. There's a, I got a lot of background in this. So I have a lot of, of different perspective and experience. How do I package that up and give it to somebody in a couple of months that they can take and make it actionable? And I realized that a lot of the stuff I want to teach, like uh, Jonah, I'm not going to just teach here's your script and here's how to go and, and here's your sales process. I want to teach, I want to create my own personality profiles. And I want to give people the understanding so that way when you get into a conversation within five to 10 seconds, you know what kind of person this is. You understand their personality type. You have an idea about how they're running their household. You have an idea about the things that they're going to come back to you with, with when it comes to the objections and their concerns. I want people to learn that stuff. That doesn't happen overnight. So then the question becomes, well, how do I teach that? But also give them something that they can do today that's actionable today. And going on the journey of that has been really, really interesting to be able to put together a program that I think is going to be able to deliver that at scale, Jonah, you know, a couple of years down the road. I don't want this to just be a sales course. I want this to be the world's number one course on communication. I've said this before. I want parents to come and take this program because they want to have a better relationship with their teenage kids. I want uh, siblings who haven't talked in a long time to take this. I want spouses and people in relationships to be able to come in and take this course because they learn how to be better communicators, whether you're a public speaker, whether you're single and you can't get a date. I want this to be a, a course that teaches that. I want it to be able to serve anybody in any industry. But right now, I want to be able to help the people in the real estate space be able to become the most successful people they can be because... There are hundreds of thousands of people looking at real estate investing. There are tens of thousands of people calling your sellers every day. How do you sound different? How do you become the person they want to do business with over the other hundred people that are calling them? And I want to teach people how to stand out. And so I think I've done a decent job putting together something that I think is going to be able to accomplish that. It's going to be a marathon, not a sprint, but I'm actually really excited about it. So is it, it's not released yet, it sounds like. It is. So what we are now is we're in pre-launch. So originally I was going to do a bunch of re-recorded things, started doing the pre-recordings, had a bunch of stuff in there. And I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. I want to just that, go in. Dude, that's exactly what I did. So we erased yeah. everything. I left like three videos in there, erased everything. And I was like, I'm not doing it like this. So what we did is the pre-launch. It's going to be more money in the future. Right now I reduced the price a lot. Um, now we're doing a pre-launch. So everybody who joins now, when they join, there's like three videos in there. Don't think you're joining and you got a course, right? What you're joining is the pre-launch. So what that means is we're going to do the community thing as well. I want people to be in here. I want people to be able to be in here for a long time, building relationships, doing business with people. That's my goal, right? So the way it's going to be set up is when you join now, I'm going to be recording the course now live with the students that are in here. So they can come and be a part of the recordings. And then after each of the course recordings, rather than just watching it and then hoping they can go get an answer, there'll be a Q&A section afterwards that they can actually ask whatever question that they have. And that Q&A will be saved as a part of the curriculum so that when people come in who aren't a part of the live recordings, hopefully the great majority of the questions they had 
were addressed by the Q&A. And if for whatever reason anything slips through, then we'll have the community that they can go to uh, and ask those questions. So that's kind of how it's structured now. If the people who are joining earlier, they get a little bit of a benefit because I'm letting them Is kind there of- like live Zooms where we get to ask the man, the myth, the legend himself? 100%. I'm going to be doing lives. So all of those 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 course recordings, the content is going to be live. I'm going to be doing a bunch of live stuff. I'll probably do some role play stuff. I'll probably do some call calibrations. And the people who join now, I'm letting them help to suggest what things are going to be a part of the Who curriculum. is the ideal person? Because like we're mostly focusing on sales for now. I know you said eventually it'll be all communication, right? Which yeah. could be a lot of different types of people. Would you say right now would be like a direct to seller, new wholesaler, someone who's trying to get their game up or like who who do you feel like is the person who should sign up right now? Here's what I'll say. If you're in real estate investing right now in any capacity and you would like to be better at having conversations, there's a lot of great options out there. I personally don't know that there's a better place for you to be. So I think anybody in real estate investing, period, I think secondarily, even agents who may want to have some investor conversations could benefit from it. I think even somebody who, because of the sales tactic stuff we'll be teaching, even if somebody's not in real estate, they could probably get some benefit maybe. But I think the people that are really gonna, gonna win, if you're in real estate investing and you're talking to sellers, agents, or anybody in the real estate investing space, I, I think this is this is probably gonna be one of the best places they can go. I love it. I love it so much. So, okay. What do you feel like, so we're in pre-launch. When does the community start? When do you right start now. doing Zoom? Right Immedi now. Immediately. Today? The people that are joining right now. now that <laughs> What's that? Are you announcing it live on this podcast? Like, was no, this already no, announced? I did a webinar two weeks ago. It's official as of two <laughs> okay, weeks ago. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been really funny if you were just like, no, right now. I now, am the, Jonah, the, the, the Scorch of Fears podcast, we're going live today. I love it. It's cool to see, bro. I mean, I just wanted to do this because uh, this is my way of catching up with my friends now. If I don't see you at like any conferences or anything is like, I, this is my way of catching up. But like, dude, what's your life? What have you been up to? I mean, we've been talking a little bit about Simple Send and I knew you were starting like a sales course, but it's cool to see it'll be a sales community, right? When I thought of sales course, I thought of like, just like the pre-reported videos, which is fine. That's always cool. But like communities are what we need more of. That's the one thing that I really like about Sub2 is like it's going to start a wave of different communities and different things, right? Um, that's what I think is one of the coolest things about what we're doing. Because I have an idea for a community for myself eventually, right? For now, I'd rather just personally get more social media stuff. There's things I want to do with my business before I start like a community community because that will be an insane amount of work, right? That's going to be a lot of work. But... It's cool to see that you're doing it, dude. I'm excited for it. Like, um, it'll be just I, I'm excited to see that stuff. So what's your life right now? It's the it's the nightly dial, this community, the sales community you're starting. Um, and then what's happening in real estate? You said you were still were JVing, but you're thinking about not JVing as much anymore. No, we've, we've gotten away from that for the most part. We're still doing some JV stuff. Um, my goal is because I'm, I'm doing this big competition now um the closers octagon so that's going to be a big thing oh, yeah. i'm looking into collaborating with people who do some ppc or ppl stuff um mm -hmm. so i'm going to be looking to have some conversations with people who do that so i may make that a part of my business model i'm doing a lot of direct to agent we're testing like three different direct to agents models um and so i really just want to have more control your model right with your new platform we're definitely that's that's one of the primary models we're going to be testing out right. and so we're, we're models, dude it's my model i am the model. one everything else can go in the garbage. 
Okay. You know my model is the one. Come on. Okay. Who, who okay. fucking else are you trying out? Unless you say Jamil. No, me. so one, one's Jamil's model. Yeah, right? fair enough. The other one's yours, mo- your model. And then there's a couple of people who have like an automated model where it's just everything's automated. Um, and it's like a whole thing. I can explain it to you. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to work. It was going to test, but I have a conversation that I'm doing a follow-up on from it. And I actually may buy the house for myself. It's in Arizona. Nice. Yeah. So we, uh, four days into that campaign, we got, we got a pretty solid lead. A lot of cool stuff happening, my man. Yeah. Well, so let's, I think we're starting to get to the end of this, right? And it's just cool. It's been awesome. I love catching up on people's lives and what they're excited about. Before we end this though, like what are your goals for each one in the new year? Have you set your, have you done that yet? Have you set new year's goals of like what I want to achieve in 2024? Yeah. Like I've no, I have, but I'm struggling with how I want to do my goals. Right. Because for a couple of reasons. So I'll tell you where I'm at. Right. This is the the raw un, unbridled truth. So just last might launch my coaching product. I'd like to have a thousand people in that program by next year. I don't know if that's lofty or if I'm cutting it short. I really don't know. But I'd, I'd like to be at about a thousand people by next year, by the end of next year. Um, I'm launching a big competition. You know, I've done a lot of competitions inside of sub two. We're launching a big one. It's called the Closers Octagon. Um, a lot of people, some of the people in the chat are competing in this thing. I'm giving anybody in sub two going forward. It'll be everybody. But right now, especially in my community as well. But right now, sub two are the ones anybody who's in sub two has had the right to try out. Tomorrow's the last day they're going to try out. Round two starts in January. February 8th is the main event. It's good. Or excuse me, February 9th is the main event. Pace Morby's competing in this thing. Love it. Right. So like that's going to be a huge competition. The top eight. How do you deal with Pace competing in that, though? How do you not give it to Pace? Do we just do we try to be objective? No, 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 it's not. Bro, it's scores. It's numbers. It's scores. You're going to have a whole day to have conversations with sellers and we're going to have judges there that are judging. I uh, will probably be one of the judges. Vina Jetty has confirmed as being one of the judges. I'm talking to some of the other people, uh, but it's not going to be like anything that you've seen. It's going to be a full day thing. All of these different people are going to be in there. They're going to be doing this competition. So my goal is to have this competition do really, really well. I want to give some new people in the industry or some experienced people in the industry the opportunity to have a platform and really just kind of stretch themselves um, to kind of do that. I want to have my coaching product. I want to see how agent outreach and doing that goes on my real estate side. And honestly, Mm -hmm. man, I just want to I want to make impact. I want next year. I'm buying businesses now, so I want to have a a bunch of businesses under, under my belt. I just want next year to be a year of really, really big impact. I, you know, I, people, I, the way I see it is people need to know my name if I want to make I an impact. It. And so that's my goal. I love it, bro. It's good to hear. I love hearing people's goals and like what they're doing. Um, well, my man, real quick. I mean, we got to start wrapping this up. We're starting to get to the end of it. But what, how do people sign up for your course? I mean, that seems to be like the biggest thing you're, you you want to be focusing on right now. How do people sign up for the pre-launch? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll throw the link if they want to just sign up right now. Um, I'll throw it in the chat here. If you happen to be here live, you can do that. Um, guys sign up, put in, put in code scorch the fears. You get, uh, you get 80% off. It's going to be great. I'm going to pay Jonah money. If you guys join from this podcast, you got to tell me you joined from the podcast though. Um, cause he deserves it. So there you go. It's in the comments. I don't know where this is going. But it's out there. So there you go. You can join by doing that. If you did not, um, it's join.collectivecloser.com is is the website to go to. You can join there. Um, We're working up 
on uh, having like a, a firm. So if people need some time for the payments on having that set up, if you guys are on the fence, if you have questions, I have somebody that's helping me kind of explain this. Shoot me a DM. Shoot me a DM on Instagram, on Facebook. I will connect you with that person. They'll get you the replay for the webinar. They'll answer any questions that you have. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not here to sell anybody anything, right? I'm here to teach people how to sell things. And so if that's something that you need help in, I don't know that there are many people that are going to be better at teaching you. Um, but uh, I just want you guys to win, whether that's with me or somebody else. So yeah, but they, but you're the best. I mean, like just in terms of like a good coach, like I think because you could learn coaching from tons of different people. You can learn general sales, right? Um, but it's the, who's the person you're connecting with the most. I think that's how I decide my coaches. Like if they have experience, like I actually know what the hell they're talking about. And then they're, they're going to help me achieve what I'm personally going for at that moment. I've learned yeah. that's how you should choose coaches because <laughs> guys, there's tons of great sales coaches out there, but are they as handsome and as funny as Daniel Keanu? Obviously that's not. Question. That's a fair question. That's the real question, right? Yeah. Um, so guys, definitely sign up. I um, I want to see how I can help Kihana with this. I want to talk with him after and see if like he needs help at all with like agent side or something like that. But definitely go there. Uh, can you put this link on the YouTube? I will edit it and I will put the link on the YouTube. I will put it in there. Um, but um, my man... I appreciate you. Do you have any last words for the people before I end this and we talk about how I can help you some more? No, guys, like honestly, here's here's my uh appreciate you, Naomi. Guys, here's here's my honest feedback and my honest advice for you guys. Guys, do something special with your life, right? Whether you join my stuff or don't join my stuff, whether you guys buy uh and sign up for Jonah's uh CRM or don't. If you don't, you should because it's one of the best I've seen. And I'm not exaggerating with it. But guys, like whatever it is, like there's always going to be something to buy and something to invest in. But at the end of the day, when you look in the mirror in the morning and when you go to bed at night, you got to be proud of what you're doing. And usually the pride is on the other side of doing something extremely uncomfortable and extremely uh, fearful and extremely unnerving. Challenge yourself to do that, right? You made a statement about making the wrong decisions or not making decisions. Here's another statement. I don't believe that the worst decision is the wrong decision. I think the worst decision is indecision. So decide to do something uncomfortable, decide to try it because not trying it is probably worse than the outcome of failing. Um, and, and go do something great, make an impact, help other people and, uh, and feel good about yourself after doing it. I love it. And guys, if you guys didn't see it, the first episode I did with Daniel Keanu, that was one of the best episodes of Scorch the Fears ever. It was like episode number three or number four or something like that. It was an awesome episode. So I love having Keanu on here. I haven't had him on here in years, so I miss him. I wanted to have him come on. So, yeah, man, I appreciate you. I love seeing all the cool things you're doing. And, yeah, man, let's talk for real quick right afterwards. And then I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this thing. Guys, Scorch the Fears, we'll be on next week. I forgot who my guest is for next week, but we'll be on same time, normal schedule. Um, nothing crazy happening out of that. If you're in California... Not next week, but the week after, January 6th, I'm going to be in San Francisco speaking with Sam Singh, Marco Rivera, Mr. Lanza, Noah Hoffman, a lot of the California crew. We're going to be doing a tour. San Francisco, January 6th. We're going to be in uh, LA, January 9th. Or sorry, we're going to be in San Diego, January 9th. And then we'll be in LA, January 11th. So check that stuff out. If you guys want to see me live, I'll have a good speech ready. We can hang out. It'll be dope. If you want to fly out to California, I'd love to say hi to you guys. Come to these things. Just check it out on my Instagram. I'll be posting more about it as it comes up. Um, and yeah, that's Scorch the Fears. Kihano, I appreciate you so much. Appreciate that's you, Scorch the Fears.
Let's freaking go!